This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl van der Merwe, and today in episode 174, we're going to be looking at best practices for internet research. And today I have a guest with me who uh, is an expert on writing and researching for papers, etc. And she is going to share some of her knowledge. So welcome, Veldora. Hi. Okay, so Veldora Rice uh, runs writing, let me get this right now, write from the heart. And yes. write is spelled W-R-I-T-E, as in writing. And this is, and she'll talk a little bit more about it during the podcast episode, but it is um, a website where you can A, get information about writing, but they also have a really great classes uh, that teach your children how to write. So, Eldora, before we actually start uh, talking about the different topics, just introduce yourself a little bit, tell us how you got into homeschooling and how you started your business. Hi, I'm Veldora Rice. Um, I started um, right from the heart in 2005 with a friend of mine. Um, I had been a teacher. I have a master's degree in English and I was teaching at community colleges and public schools. Um, and I had just had my son who's 17 now. And I was looking to work from home and work on the internet. And my friend said, hey, I've, I'm starting this writing program. We're gonna be online teaching homeschoolers. Uh, she's an elementary school t- teacher and I was a high school teacher and she said if you work from the bottom and I if I work from the bottom and you work from the top then we can kind of cover all the middle school and high school grades so we started the class with 17 students in 2005 and we've expanded to eight classes we have workshops now that are four week long workshops for um, even public schoolers that want to just get do a creative writing class or work on a research project um, we've kind of expanded all the way up through AP English, so. Right, and I just want to add here that um, I got connected with Eldora quite a while ago, so I've been aware of her and her work. It's the first time we've actually sat down and chatted, but we have talked um, electronically over the years, and I have been watching, and we're often in the same groups and and things like that, but her classes, I can tell, are really great. Um, she has great successes. I follow her also on social media, so I see how well her students do in AP exams, etc. and she does have AP classes. So if you're looking for good, rigorous English, I, I would say definitely go and look at Veldora, and if you if you like show sponsor Funder Fund Academy's classes because you like our rigor and the fact we really are working at preparing your kids um, for college, I would definitely say this is the kind of um, class you are looking for. All right, well, let's just jump right in. So internet research, which obviously now has taken the place often of uh, books for most students and so different from the way we grew up. And so particularly parents, as you're listening, you may feel a little lost in this world. Now, let's just start and talk about what are the benefits of internet research? Well, internet research is a great way to find sources for um, any kind of paper you're doing or whether it's a research paper or um, you just need sources for something else that you're doing like an expository paper or something like that. Um, 
but it's great because it's convenient. Um, there's a huge amount of information there. You can find websites, but you can also find a lot of eBooks. So you don't have to go to the library necessarily. You can find full books right on the internet. Um, you can find journals, magazine articles, pretty much anything you can find um, from the library that's been digital, digitalized, you can find on the internet if you have, um, if you're doing the right kinds of searches. Um, but that's, that's a big part of it is you need to know how to do the right kind of searches on the internet to find all of the information that you're looking for. Right. And so, um, what are, what are some, well, you kind of really started, what are one of the, the problems <laughs> with internet research, I guess, is, is finding the right things. So let's just talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sifting through a lot of the volume of it, because there's a lot of people out there that anybody can start a website. So you could be looking for, um, say, a paper on Shakespeare, and you could stumble upon someone's blog or a high schooler's blog even that they did for an English project. And now you're reading, you're not reading an expert on Shakespeare, you're reading somebody who's the same age as your child who did an English report and maybe isn't giving the right kind of information. It might not be accurate. It might not be the scholarship that you're looking for. So making sure you find the right kinds of websites is something that's that is a little bit more complicated in on the internet um, because it's sort of a wild wild west of um, anyone can create a website anybody can buy a domain and create whatever they want um, so finding something that's accurate finding something that's unbiased can be a little bit more difficult with internet research than if you're going to your local library and looking at books one of the things I found, my children did National History Day, and so there was, you know, there was been a lot of time researching that, and that often the nicest looking websites are the ones that you want to actually avoid, because sometimes yep. the teens make much better looking websites than the professors do. They do. <laughs> so, so just simply going by look isn't mm -hmm. going to really, uh, isn't going to really do it. So, so then how, how do you know which sites to use and which not to use? Well, there's a couple of different ways that I tell my students to look. Um, we talk about this in our classes as well. Um, the first thing you want to look at is the URL ending. And the URL ending is that .com, .edu, .org, that last part of the beginning of the website. Um, so if you're looking at, um, uh, say, uh, Wikipedia, you, you want to look at that URL ending. Wikipedia is one. Um, if you're looking at our site, we're rightfromtheheart.org. So that tells you that it's a little bit more professional than a .com site. Those are the kinds of things you want to look for. If it's a .edu, you know that it's an education site. Um, only education sites are allowed to use those endings. So it's going to be a university or um, sometimes a school. Um, if you're looking at gov sites only government sites are allowed to use those so if you're looking at say whitehouse.gov if you're looking at a project like that you know it's information from the white house no one else is allowed to use those gov um, org and dot com become a little bit more complicated because anybody can buy those sites org usually organizations are using that whether they're educational sites like ours or um an organization, you can trust them a little bit more, but you have to be careful because Wikipedia is an organization. Um, and I would not recommend using Wikipedia in your um, internet, in your research papers, um, because Wikipedia is a, it's a user-based site. Um, 
I don't know if you're familiar with user uh, user information sites. Have you ever used sites like that before? We haven't talked about it. So I mean, I, I'm, I know that it's you know it's crowdsourced essentially yes. is what's is what you you know we have never actually talked about Wikipedia on here. But yes, I mean, it's it's anybody can go in and update it. So it's, right. And a lot of times you can find that information if you're looking at a .com or a .org site, looking at their About Us page can help you discover, is this a crowdsourced site? Is this a professional site? Because the About Us site, the About Us page will tell you, you know, these are professors from a university that worked on this site. Or if you're looking at sometimes even EDU sites, are we looking at a high school project that happened to be hosted on like a public school's website. If you look at that about us page, it'll say, you know, Johnny Smith is a 17 year old high school student <laughs> from wherever. And it'll give you their little bio. And you're like, okay, that's not a site that I want to be looking at. Um, even Wikipedia will say that if you look at their about us page, it says all of our pages are crowdsourced from any user that wants to get on here and get information. That's why Wikipedia has those citations. Um, so that's why I would recommend you stay away from something that's crowdsourced or um, something like Wikipedia that has, anyone can put up that information. So um, does Wikipedia have any use? It does. Um, the great thing about Wikipedia is because it's crowdsourced, they try to be very careful that the owners and the editors of Wikipedia, um, they want citations. So I could go on there and I could post something about William Shakespeare, um, but they're going to ask, put a citation to it. So when you go on a Wikipedia site, it's a great place to start because it kind of gives you the basic information about anybody you can find. That's why we use Wikipedia. Um, but if you look at those little citations that they have, you can actually click on them and it drops you down to the bottom of the page and it tells you where that came from. And a lot of times those websites or those links will link you to another website that is a good source to use. Um, for example, if you're looking at Shakespeare, there's a lot of the, the references that take you to the Shakespeare birthplace website or um, one I found that I was working with my students on um, was an article by a journalist that was talking, that an academic journalist that was talking about Dickens versus Shakespeare. Um, and you can actually quote from that source and you can actually link right to the internet site. And that's not necessarily an internet site that you would find just by searching Shakespeare into Google. Um, Wikipedia can be really, really good for that. But you never wanna cite Wikipedia. You always wanna to go to the origin source and cite that source. Right. And the one other thing which we need to just touch on, too, is the fact that um, you might have a completely legitimate source. Um, but if your topic is any any little bit controversial, you do also need to look and see which angle they're coming from and check the bias. Yes. Bias can be something very difficult when you're when you're doing a hot button Right. issue or a current event issue um, and um, there again your about page is very helpful because it tends to tell you what they think <laughs> and, and uh, those of you if you missed our episode on media bias um, it takes it looks at more from the general media but it would help for this as well do go back and I'll put a link in the show notes and uh, everything we mentioned today that has links will be in the show notes as well the outline of today's episode and you can find that at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Also just want to mention at this point uh, that if you all this is totally new to you and you know your team's not going to have a single idea of 
any of these, I would suggest that you look at uh, show sponsor funder fund academy's computer applications class It's really a digital literacy class. And it does cover things like um, how to search and find articles and looking at all these and we go into a lot of detail on all these topics. So um, do take a look at that. That is one of the things we cover a lot of other things as well, but we do cover that too. Okay, so now let's, let's look a little bit more. Um, okay, online sources, apart from internet sites, any other uh, places we can be thinking about for online? Yes, you can use the internet for, um, in a lot of different ways. You don't just wanna look, you don't wanna just do a simple Google search because a lot of times when you do those Google searches, um, Google's a paid site, they make money off of um, ads and things like that. And people pay to have their sites put higher in their results. So a lot of times you're not going to find those academic sites because universities aren't paying Google to have their academic sites be higher mm -hmm. in the listings. So a better place to find those academic sites is actually your local library's website. Um, one of the things that local libraries have, or if you have a university in your town, a lot of times the university will allow community members to go on there and use their, their libraries as well. Um, there's a thing called library subscription services. Um, universities use it, usually community libraries use it as well. Um, and that subscription service, I talked more about it in a blog post I did, um, how to find that library subscription service. But what they do is we have so much on the internet, a lot of times they're behind paywalls. So for example, Time Magazine or Newsweek, you, you need to be a subscriber to get that information to, to see all of their articles and the average person obviously can't subscribe to every single magazine out there or find any medical journals or things like that um, and libraries honestly can't afford to do that either because there's so many streams of information what a library subscription service does is they subscribe to all of those journals, they subscribe to all of those those um, popular magazines, and then they sell that subscription service to libraries and universities. And the library pays a fee, and you can go in as a member of that library, a member of that university. You can then go into that subscription service and search through all of those articles. And a lot of them aren't on the quote unquote regular internet, if you will. They're behind these paywalls, so most free libraries pay for these subscription services as a free service for you and your community and you can get access to those articles in through those subscription services at your library right um the other one of course if you are going to use google to search look for google scholar instead of just the ordinary mm -hmm. google search and that will show up um but it's still not going to show you all these different ones that you're going to get well, Valdora, thank you so much for everything that you've shared. Now, I'm going to link in the show notes both to that um, the post that Valdora briefly mentioned. She talks about uh, using the local library and many different ways to use it. So go and look at that. She also has a really good YouTube video, and it goes in detail into some of these topics and will be a good one, to, I think, to sit with your team and, and watch it with them so that they can see, because it's not you doing the research, it's them. So this is just to whet your appetite, but I would strongly suggest you go onto her site um, right from the heart, as I said, and it'll be in the show notes as well. 
and read this article and then go and look at the YouTube video where she walks you through looking at different sites and deciding, uh, you know, whether it's one that you should be using or not. So Valdora, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you all for listening in. And I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.